You are listening to the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined once again today by co-host Clayton Cooper. Hey, how's it going? And teacher slash advisor, Chad Waldron. Yeah, how you doing? I have not been skipping school. I've actually been at a tech conference and at jury duty, so it's good to be back to do a podcast with you guys. Jury duty. Okay. today <laughs> I, we're gonna... I was at jury duty <laughs> last week. I know. I'm sorry. It's, that probably wasn't very much fun. To, I can't get... It was not very much fun, and unfortunately, i am still got two months of it to go. Oh, man. Uh, welcome to being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Not looking forward to that. I actually heard that Jill... Just turned 18, and she got her jury duty summons the day she turned 18. Kaya did too, yeah. Wow. All right, so today we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff going on in agriculture straight out of the Capitol Press, and we're also going to have an interview and sit down with Miss Spurgeon, our science teacher here at North Lake High School. So first off, some school news. On March 5th, we had the advisory committee meeting for FFA and officer interviews, so if you want to be an FFA officer for North Lake, Go ahead and come to that interview, and it's pretty straightforward. It's about, about five minutes, Mr. Waldron. Yeah, it'll be about five minutes per interview for students, and there is a change on that. That's going to start at 4, Four. Okay. and the business session will start at 4.30. Okay, and then uh, for basketball, there was a game on Friday the 20th, and the girls, uh, they who'd they play? They played uh, more than one girls, people, right? No, they played Trinity on Friday and lost. Okay, didn't they lose by like one point? One point, They were yep. super close to making it state, so that's unfortunate. But they did do, put up a pretty good fight, it sounds like. And then the boys actually won their game. and they're Well, going, they lost to Trinity, but they were seated high enough to where they got another game, and then they won. I don't know who they beat, but they have a state playoff game tomorrow. Okay, and you said that started at 6 in Crane, right, Mr. Waldron? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So, and for wrestling, uh, we have six people going to state, which is a lot of people for us. Pretty impressive. We have Trent Tobiason, Shelby Brune, Keith Swan, Craig and Dalton Puckett, and District Champ Leon Price all going to state in Portland here this next weekend on the 28th and 29th. So Good luck to those wish guys. Wish them luck there. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. We have six people. Uh, for track and baseball, that is starting soon. I think the first practice is on March 2nd, which is next Monday, right? Yes, next Monday is the first day of practice. And we do have a deadline. If you're going to be in track or baseball, you have to be out and by March 16th. If you don't come out before March 16th, you're not part of the team and are not, no longer eligible to participate. Okay. So Justin better be out by March 16th. Yeah, we'll see if you guys are – yeah, we'll see about that. Um, <laughs> so for state convention, that is the 19th through 22nd of March. That's FFA state convention. We're going to be staying in Redmond, yeah? Yes, uh, actually we're staying in Bend, but oh, the convention okay. is in Redmond yep, at the fairgrounds. Okay, so we're going to be staying in Bend. Um, we're going to go to Redmond every day. It should be a lot of fun. we got things like workshops, uh, classes. We get to watch sessions with the state officer. That's going to be a lot of fun. Also, we might be on some committees. Uh, we're going to have three people get state degrees. We're going to watch state officer elections. There's going to be just probably, what, 1,000 FFA members oh, there? Oh, I would 2000? imagine... Two to three thousand. Yeah, it's a pretty huge. It's the biggest event in the state for years, so should be a lot of fun there. And yeah. we will be staying at the Quality Inn in Bend, and uh, they do have an indoor pool, which I guess is the most important thing when it comes to students you and lodging. What, what happened to the River House? I thought you said we were going to get the River House for state convention. That's well, a little pricey for yeah, us. Yeah, I decided that uh, we probably don't need to spend the extra 50 bucks a room per night to get that hotel oh, clean. okay. Yeah. I know they have a nice pool. We're classy, okay. but we're not the that qual- classy. The Quality Inn has an okay pool. Okay. Yeah. Okay, at least there's a pool. All right, so do we want to get into our interview with Miss Virgin now? I think so. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so 
Miss Bergen, if you want to go and introduce yourself, I already mentioned how you're the science teacher here at North Lake, but if you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction. Sure. Uh, my name is Shelly Spurgeon, and I've been the science teacher here at North Lake for six years. Um, I moved up here from Southern California to be closer to home. I'm originally from Oregon. I grew up in Ontario. So um, I've been here uh, teaching all the science classes from seventh grade to twelfth grade. And yeah, you've been here for about, what, six years now? Yeah. Five years? You yeah. were a... I was a sixth grader, I think. Fifth Five grader when fifth I was... Fifth grader, okay. <laughs> really that? We were that young when yeah. you were, we were that young. <laughs> yeah. Um, so See, you, and, and, and they do evolve eventually, don't they, Mrs. Spurgeon? Eventually. I think they're still evolving. <laughs> Even if it takes some time. You said you're from Ontario, right? That's over in eastern Oregon. It is. I yeah, was born in Nyssa. Right on the state Snake River? Right there. Pretty much. Yeah. My dad worked for TVCC Which out one? there, Treasure Valley. Nice. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. uh, where'd you go to college at? Well, I went to University of Oregon, go Ducks. Oh. That's just for Mr. Oh. Waldron. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I didn't graduate there, I actually got married and hey, had children. Wasn't we supposed to get a boo track, like a laugh track and a boo track? Yeah, we should. Just these moments for, for, for when we have duck bands on yes. the podcast. You're so yeah. bitter. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had my children and went back to college later in life, and I um, graduated from University of California, uh, Riverside, and I um, then went to graduate school down there for a PhD in microbiology, which I didn't finish. I um, realized about four years in that I did not enjoy research and I really yeah. enjoyed teaching. So I, it finally dawned on me, the light bulb went on and I started teaching. Yeah, so what got you on the track to go into science, like microbiology? Oh, I've always been a science person. Yeah. But I thought I was a physics person until I took my first college physics class. And, wow, that's a math. And I, oh, no, no, I could do the math, I just yeah. didn't enjoy physics. Oh, so see. biology and chemistry are much more along the lines of what I enjoy doing. Yeah, so. and so did you have your, I guess, did you have all the education to be a science teacher then through your, through uh, when you tried to get your PhD? I had my, um, all of my core coursework in science, but then I certainly had to go back and get all my teaching classes. Oh. So you have to learn to be a teacher. So that was another <laughs> 18 months and a lot of student loans to finish yeah. that up later in life. So. Yeah, so how many years of education do you think you had in the end? Oh gosh, um, probably 10 maybe wow. 11 Holy years cow. yeah i've been in school for a long time that is a long time at so. least they were they're like broken up so you didn't go 10 years in a row yeah, yeah that well i was four years in graduate school and then another year and a half for teaching yeah. and yeah. four years in undergraduate so Holy yeah cow. it's um and then there's been classes here and there you know to pick up other licenses along the way so yeah and yeah yeah like little things when you still are a teacher because you went to the tech conference with mr waldron last week didn't i you? did it was yeah. a lot of fun really interesting yeah. stuff and you're trying to you're telling me the other day aren't you trying to get a computer coding um it'll be up? it's not specifically computers it'll be a science class we're trying oh. to set up a science survey class next year for the extra elective class and um and do a lot of projects that revolve around coding, computer coding, because I think it's a really important skill to learn. And yeah, that teaches. almost falls into our CTE that we talk about a lot. That's yeah, certainly it's stuff that we would be doing out here, but obviously we have enough to do, and if we can get the science teacher yeah. in the science program to do some of this technology, it just that's, makes it better for us. Yeah, that's some good hands-on education that can help kids straight out of high school if they for really sure. get the nerve for it. Yeah. yeah, well, what I see is we will be doing the coding and doing the bots or whatever you got that they're going to do. It's just that Mrs. Spurgeon is going to teach it. That way you guys will know how to do it when we do the projects out here. Yeah. 
Don't what? Don't we have little robots out here that we? We do. We have Spiro bots, so we have done some of this already, and then yeah. we'll just take it to the next level. The problem I have with the Spiro bots is I spent so much time doing the coding that we didn't get to do anything else. Uh -oh. So if we can teach the coding in elementary and junior high, and now in the science program, yeah, you we can do a lot, lot more and a lot cooler stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is this question we were going to ask you that we were talking about a few minutes ago. What do you think the biggest difference is between teaching here and in Southern California? Because we've talked, yeah, we've talked about you teaching in Southern California before. We have. Um, I, in Southern California, I did like teaching down there, but it's very large classes. It's a different population. It's inner city. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of gang issues. And um, the first, when I first came out here, my son moved up here with me or helped me move up here and we were driving out the very first day and he looked at me as we're driving and driving and driving and said mom what did you do <laughs> <laughs> and then we came out to the school and saw it and i just absolutely fell in love with it then first few weeks of teaching were just the kids are just completely different than it was down there they're at um, really small classes very respectful things have changed a little because yeah. you guys have gotten to know me a little better but and, and what i'll tolerate but it's been it's just a really nice place to work really enjoyable yeah how did you find the job out here did you just I actually didn't plan on applying here I was trying to get something closer to sisters which is where my mom lives and so and my daughter is in Redmond so I um, I was applying all over Central Oregon and I um, saw this one and I uh, thought well I'll just I'll pl apply anywhere in Oregon because I needed a job up here and um, <clears throat> they called me and Mr. Kerr called and said, well, I want to be honest and have you look at where it is. And I looked it up and I thought, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, six years later, I'm still here and yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's a pretty big jump from Southern California to it is. I had to North Lake County. Rural Oregon. Yeah. yeah. And my first two years here, I lived 25 miles out. That's right. So. I, you lived actually pretty close to where I lived when yeah. you were first moved out here. Yeah. It was way out there and long drives. I'd be the only tracks in the snow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. wow. Yeah. So um, you talked a little bit about this right before we started the podcast. Um, the Recon Telescope Project, is that what it's called? Yeah. So a few years ago, well, actually my first year here, we had a couple of scientists come up with this, uh, this idea for a project. And it, it's called Recon, R-E-C-O-N. And the, um, the website is actually tnorecon.net if you're interested in looking it up. And what we do is we look at objects that are in the Kuiper Belt out past the orbit of Neptune. And they're pretty small. They're not more than about 100 kilometers across. And so it's really hard to see them because of the limited light from the sun that far out. And so what we do is um, it's very expensive to get on the big telescopes. So the, you know, the Kitt Peak and some of these large telescopes, you can't get time on them. So these two scientists have set up a network of telescopes from the border of Mexico and Arizona on the eastern side of the Cascades and Sierra Nevadas all the way up to um, into Canada. Oh wow! So where it's drier, where we get better night. Well, you know what the night skies yeah. look like out here. So, yeah. um, and we all set up on the same night, looking at the same star, and we waiting for that for that object in the Kuiper Belt to pass in front of that star and block out the light. And so we measure the amount of time that the light was blocked out, and we can figure out the speed, or we know the speed of the object. We can figure out the size and sometimes the shape. And if we get two shadows that pass. We can also look for things that are binaries, where it's two objects orbiting each other. Cool. So, so there's a, awesome. the school, and you have a telescope right now, right? We do. We have an 11-inch um, Celestron reflector telescope that the program bought for us and um, provided about $5,000 worth oh, of wow. equipment and about $2,000 worth of training. And yeah. um, I, I'm not positive, but I think they've extended the grant. The original grant was over a million dollars, and that was wow. a five-year grant. It's five years are up. So I think 
considering that they're still calling me to go out and do these things, they must have gotten another grant. So. Yeah. Nice. How much training did you have to go through to get it all set up? Oh, I've gone through a couple of full weekend trainings, and then um, uh, so I've been up to um, LIGO, which is up in um, up in Washington, and I've been down to Carson City, and one in Bend um, at Sun River, and then um, I've been to a couple. We did one out at um, out in Paisley. So cool. So, all right, I think that'll wrap up our interview. I, uh, I actually have a few more questions. Okay, go for it. I, I jotted down here. What uh, classes and electives are you going to be teaching next year, Mrs. Spurgeon? Well, next year we switch over for the 7th and 8th grade to life science, and for ninth and 10th grade it will be biology. Um, I usually offer a chemistry class, which is a um, dual credit class with KCC. They get two high school credits for it and 10 college credits. So it's, it's a good – Justin's it's, in that yeah, one right now. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll be offering a survey class where we'll uh, do a different uh, science every quarter and then do coding with that. So it'll be, you know, a geology section and a botany section maybe. And a, so we'll, we'll switch it up every quarter. That's my plan. Sounds like a fun time. Did you listen to the podcast we did with Raven's interview? I did. And I don't know if you caught it, but Levi was very, very worried about being in chemistry and calculus and by yeah. <laughs> half, by two weeks in, he's like, "This is easy. I've already learned all this stuff." So I think that was a, a big credit for you and what you're doing in the science program. Yeah. Well, these, I appreciate the, that. These youngsters take it for granted about how good of a program we have, and you are always complaining about how tired you are because you have to do labs because it takes a lot of work to do labs. And these guys, I don't know if they appreciate just how oh, much you put in. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Good. We do. Because <laughs> it's hard to do science like that. And they you don't always get, work. They don't yeah. always work the way <laughs> well, we want them to. Well, even yesterday, yeah, we yeah. had. Just one little thing go wrong, and yeah. We're still trying to figure out why. Yep. <laughs> no, I think we have a very good science program, and I've said this many times that Ms. Spurgeon is probably the best science teacher I've worked with in 25 yeah. years. Which well, is pretty neat for our tiny little school in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I love it out here. Yeah. I feel like I've found my home. So. Yeah, and <laughs> so be nice to Ms. Spurgeon. We will. Stick around <laughs> that. Yeah. Will do. But All right, thanks, Ms. Spurgeon, for being on the podcast, and we'll be happy to have you back anytime. All right, thanks, guys. Yep. And now we're going to do a quick preview of Eddie Brown's and Abe Valencia's uh, conspiracy podcast on Chuck E. Cheese pizza. pizza. We've, yep. been, we've been waiting weeks for this podcast to come out. Yep, it's a whopping minute and 37 seconds, and it's currently in review to go up online. So <laughs> yeah. get, get ready for this. Yeah, it's a good one. Welcome back to Eddie and Abe's podcast. I'm Eddie, and my co-host... Abe. And this is the Day Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Chuck E. Cheese Pizza and what we think about it. Abe, start off with it. So, we think that Chuck E. Cheese Pizza, there's always just been something wrong with it, right? It's oddly shaped. Yeah, it's never like It's actually never in line. Made. Yeah. Pizza is like nice, perfectly round about the whole thing, cut. All pieces are perfectly cut but to make it uh, nice Chuck and even. Chuck E. Cheese Pizza is not perfectly cut. Some of them just out of shape. Out of shape. You got to make pizza with love and care everything that everything needed to make a very not great pizza. grab pizza off of a kid's table where a little girl probably ate it and sneezed on it and you know seriously did anything to it they probably farted on it for all i know <laughs> uh yes chucky e. cheese pizza is a weird topic to talk about because why do you think it's like this 
Why do you think Chuck E. Cheese does? They got do lazy. They, they got, got lazy. lazy. They got lazy. Do they still do things? They probably like put that? they probably put like cameras in the in the Chuck E. Cheese pizza <laughs> eyes or something <laughs> to spy on all the little kids. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> They're just alert for any piece of pizza. But guys, honestly, find. I think they recycle pizza. They find the pizza, they find it where if it's good, they take it, they put a little bit of cheese on it, put it back in the oven, and just reserve it you to think, people. You think they've ever found it just half eaten? <laughs> they just you add re- crust. Do you think they reuse less pieces too? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. I mean, maybe it's a smart it's, move it's on like their part. It's a conspiracy theory, though. It's a, it's a smart move on their part, to be honest. Yeah. This is going to be the end of a Dave's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Peace out. All right. So uh, that was interesting. That's about a minute and 30 more that I need to know about Chuck E. Cheese. Pizza, yeah. To be quite um, honest. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even so know what, that there so, was a conspiracy theory. Yeah, on that. so the conspiracy there is what that they take pizzas and reuse them. Is that it? I, I'm not sure what they're talking. Honestly, I think that's I, the conspiracy. I'm so confused. I mean, I didn't even know that there's anything to be be worried about, honestly. But no, yeah. this has got me thinking that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think twice about going to Chuck E. Cheese Pizza to be honest. I've never yeah. been there, but I don't think I'm gonna go I, there now. I think this is like headline news on <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. This is bad PR for them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is in review. So for frequent listeners, go ahead and uh, check back with us either next week or the week after, and we'll either have it up or if it's not up, you know what happened. Yeah, well, I'm just glad they got something done and they had a good time doing it. And I hope we can get some students doing more projects and even if they're. Uh, as goofy as Chuck E. Cheese conspiracy, I think it's good. So. Yep. Oh. Good job. Good job, Eddie and Abe. I, I, think it's, I think you guys did a good job. Yep. So that is going to be the end of the podcast for today. This has been this week's episode of the Cowboy Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sharp, joined by Clayton Cooper and Chad Waldron. Find us on Facebook and Northlake FFA, on Podbean at thecowboytalk.podbean.com, all lowercase, and soon to be on iTunes. All right, see you guys later, and beware of pizza. Yep, don't go to Chuck E. Cheese, apparently. See you guys later, and listen in next week. Yep.